Breaking news. Eric Carlson, a Ottawa senator, no more. Carlson has been traded uh, within the last couple of minutes to the San Jose Sharks. You maniacs! You blew it up! Damn you! Damn you all to hell! No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Oh, no, 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 this can't be! There's no reason to live! You can't trade Eric goddamn Carlson! This is the NHL, this is the big leagues, we're in the goddamn big leagues of hockey! And Eric Carlson is a, is a generational talent that the likes of which no one has ever seen since maybe before Bobby goddamn Orr! That's how good he is, Bobby Orr, Paul Coffey, Eric Carlson on the Ottawa Senators, Ottawa, Canada. We have him on our team. They always say God rested on the seventh day. I think on the eighth day he created Eric Carlson. And you're trading him? Ah! What the hell? What the hell? It's your fault, Eugene Malnick. This is on you. Do you think if Brian Murray was here, Eric Carlson's getting traded? Fuck no. It's not happening. Not on my watch. Wake up and smell the goddamn wine. That's ridiculous. Oh. Danny Alfredson, Jason Spezza, fucking Alexi Yashin, Danny Heatley. Uh, who else? Who else wants out of Ottawa? What? What's going on in Ottawa? What's in the water? What's in the goddamn water in Ottawa that makes all these guys want to leave? I don't know where to go, how we're going to go from here. Where, I mean, where we're going to go from here. <sighs> Carlson's the best! What, how did it get to this? How did it get to this? Ah! I'm so depressed I can't even blink. Alright, good to go. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Third Line Plug Sandscast. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. Joining me, as always, from the tropical metropolis of Calgary, Alberta, my co-host, and a very jet-lagged, Tim Jensey. Tim, how are you, sir? Uh, considering I didn't sleep on the plane, pretty good. Yeah? How long was your flight from Japan? Narita, Tokyo to uh, Calgary is nine and a half hours. Nine and a half? Okay. I thought it would have been a little bit longer than that, but, you know, nine hours is still nine hours on an airplane. Yeah. Well, it's not too bad, because if you get a seat with legroom, you can kind of just recline it, uh, watch a show, eat. Yeah, that's all you gotta yeah, do in an airplane. Not too bad at all. Not too bad. Mm -hmm. So, before we go into our episode this evening, I do got a few updates I gotta get, let everybody know about. Uh, if you've been following us on Twitter at Third Line Plug, you may have noticed after our interview with Neil and Dave from Maple Syrup Shots that we have confirmed that Joseph St. Amour from the Fourth Line Podcast will be joining us on November 12th for an exclusive interview. Ooh, fancy. 
Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. We've been to he's one of the guys that we became friends with through doing the show and I know he reached out to us after our interview with Trevor. So I'm really looking forward to have him on this show. It'll be great to have a conversation with him. Mm-hmm. And we also gotta like to point out, because we also mentioned during the Neil and Dave interview, you and I have decided to help out a very worthy cause this season, Tim. Now, would you care to let everybody know what we're going to be doing? So, basically what we're looking to do is uh, we're looking to bolster the efforts of the Sens Foundation, and we're going to be doing it through a fun points-based game. Mm-hmm. So, I think, if I'm not mistaken, how we did it was that we picked two players, and... For every goal this person would score, I would donate a dollar, and every assist they got, you would send a dollar to them, and we would yep. get all of our money together and donate to the Sense Foundation. And we've decided the two players that we're going to be doing it for this year is Mark Stone and Hot Sam Bacho himself, Thomas Shabbat. Powerful stuff. And I guess just a note on the Sense Foundation, uh, did you watch what they were doing over the past few weeks? Yes, because of the Ottawa tornado that they had. Yeah, they doubled the donation, and it was... They frankly did a lot of very good work in the community, so uh, hats off to the Sense Foundation. Absolutely. We also got to give a shout-out to Brian Five or Six because he also did a lot of work for the Sense Foundation and all the people affected by the tornadoes in Ottawa by reopening a store. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Lots of good stuff all around. Absolutely. Now, before we go into our summer update, Tim, I just realized something. Uh-huh. We're back, baby! Woo! Oh, my God. I've been waiting so long to do that, Tim. God damn. Okay, so let's get into our summer update before we head into this week's episode. This is our season two preseason show titled... Send storylines for the 2018-2019 season. And believe me, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. But before we do that, let's go into our summer update. Back in July, you and Chelsea went down to Los Angeles for the Anime Expo. Yep. So let's talk a little bit about that, Tim. How was your... Because I don't believe we ever talked about that on the show, did we? Your trip down to LA. Uh, I don't think we did, but uh, LA was a ton of fun. So the big reason we went down to AX was uh, one of my favorite uh, artists, uh, Maine, uh, she was the singing voice for a character from my favorite show was doing a concert down there. So uh, we went down for that and there was two other concerts that we wanted to go see. And on top of that, a bunch of interesting industry panels. So all, all good time. Chelsea and I dressed up. So Chelsea and I are cosplayers as well. So uh, we cosplayed all four days Okay. and ended up meeting a ton of people, including uh, some people who were connected to the industry. And funnily enough, that actually tied... The AX trip ties right into the Tokyo trip. Okay, do you want to talk a little bit about the Tokyo trip right now while we're on the subject of anime? Sure. So what ended up happening was uh, we met a bunch of people who uh, worked with worked with the translators, and uh, they just kind of were pretty savvy with the, the Macross franchise. And they're like, oh, there's going to... If you uh, pre-ordered the Blu-ray for the new Macross movie, there's going to be uh, a lottery for tickets to go to a live event in Tokyo on the 28th. So uh, so I bought the Blu-ray, uh, put in an application to the lottery, lost. 
But I'd already booked the flights anyway, so we went and scalped. So it turns out that the win, the win rate on this sucker was somewhere between uh, 1 in 15 to 1 in 20. Okay. We only I only know one person who even won. Really? Yeah, out of like 25 entries, I only know know of one person who won. Okay. So uh, me and my friend uh, who I met down in L.A., we had to purchase our tickets. And uh, so the face value of the ticket is $45. Do you want to know how much we paid for two? I'm going to say three figures, four figures. Five Japanese figures, so three figures. Hmm, okay. Now, and is this three figures Canadian or American? Three figures Canadian. Almost four. Oh, Jesus, Tim. Yeah, so fun story is uh, the way you can do a lot of stuff in Japan is through this uh, portal system through all the convenience stores. That allows you to like send in like send money and tickets and stuff between people it so that they don't have to give each other credit card information. But it turns out that it's cash only. Rewind a bit. This concert also gets bumped up a week. I remember because we were supposed to do our Send Storylines episode a week or two, give Last or take week. a go. Last, Last week. week. Yeah, Last okay. Week. So uh, so my friends, like, yo, Tim, do you know that the concert got bumped up? Fuck. So in, like, an hour, I'm, like, contacting my boss, contacting Chelsea, just, like, going through everyone, like, like all of the fuck, 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 fuck. And uh, we managed to get all of our flights switched around. And then I'm, like... I'm forgetting something. And then all of a sudden they see a message on my phone from Tate's like, yo, so I heard you're going to Tokyo. Shit. Yeah, which I mean, I already knew you were going to Tokyo, and that's why we had scheduled it right before you were leaving. And so that's when, that's why when I saw your thing on Facebook about it, I was like, better message him about this, because I haven't heard anything about this from Tim yet. Yeah, because this was like, Five alarm fire. So, like, my plan was to, t- in two bouts, get uh, $500, so get $1,000 worth of Japanese yen. Yeah. So that'd be about 80,000 yen. Okay. So I grab four, I'm able to grab 40,000 yen. So we get to the por- we get to the airport, and there's a convenience store inside the airport. We get the tickets. They don't take credit card. Oof. Between the two of us, we had just enough cash. Wow, Second that spot, sucks. It turns out that my debit card doesn't work over there. Really? Like, what was the reason for that, Tim? Uh, they never activated it, right? Oh, oh that's a pisser, man. So I had to take cash out off my credit card, and it was a $5 fee each time. Oh, God. So, mm, like no. each time I was like, okay, I'm going to grab 300 this time, 400 this time, and so somehow everything that me and my friend touch on this trip just goes to shit. Right. So, like, after that happens, we're like, I have to get my JR Rail Pass uh, activated, and the line goes out of the office. Ouch. And, of course, there's, you can't, even though you have to, like, so for this rail pass, you have to buy it outside of Japan, then go to the airport and get it activated right? for the damn thing to even work. And you'd think they'd have this automated, right? Yeah. 
No. You have to fill out another form, show them your, they have to verify your passport, verify that you're not a Japanese citizen, verify that you're only there as a tourist, and it's an old, a bunch of old women doing it. Yeah, could they, can you just be like, I'm standing right in front of you, can't you tell I'm not a citizen of Japan? And I'm like, a tourist? Given that uh, my Japanese goes as far as the next stop is my stop and ramen, please. <laughs> so, like, we get all that sorted and it turns out that Air Canada lost Cassie's luggage. That sucks. And wow. it's, it's magic because they lost one bag in Toronto and one bag in Calgary. How did they lose one bag in Toronto and one bag in Calgary? I We don't know. And one of those bags never made it to Japan. Wow, that's So they just awful, sent it back man. to Los Angeles. So then, because we had to wait for Air Canada to figure out what the federal regulations required were required to give her, we lost a bunch of time in the airport between that and my JR pass and her debit card was cr- like both of our debit cards were crapping out but she got hers fixed right pretty quickly okay we lost about an hour more than we wanted to in narita airport so uh we're like the plan was uh we get into Ner- we get into tokyo get to our hotel i take a nap she showers and then we go and meet our friends at 8 p.m okay we're boarding a train to tokyo at 6 p.m Russia. Even the trains are half an hour to Tokyo, and then we had to get to the host, get to the hotel, and drop our stuff. So we're running through Tokyo, running through Tokyo Station, Ueno Station, then a bunch of subway stations, and she's able to move pretty nimbly because she doesn't have her check bags, right? Right. I've got my check bags, and it's See? a fairly large suitcase because I was intending to bring home. Uh, figurines for me and uh, some souvenir stuff for other folks. So after, so we're running up and down stairs. We're not looking for elevators because that takes time. Mm-hmm. So my suitcase is empty. So what I do is I throw my other uh, carry-on bag in the suitcase, zip it up, and then uh, you know how like in cartoons you've got like the like the kind of like the grunt following around the like the boss holding like a bunch of bags or like a TV or something. I'm holding my suitcase like that, running up and down stairs through the Tokyo Metro, like the Tokyo trade and Metro system. I can only imagine what a sight that must've been for those folks in Japan seeing that. Like people are, people are kind of look at me, but at the same time, they're also like, well, at least he's not clogging up the escalator. Yeah. So you gotta, gotta give you that. Yeah, like she's like she looked back, like Cassie looked back and was like, "Tim, are you carrying your suit? Tim, were you carrying the suitcase the whole time?" Yeah, it was a good workout. So we managed to get to the hotel for enough time for like a five, like maybe a five minute shower, and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm not getting a power nap in." No. So like that's day one, and then we get to the concert and it. It turns out, like, nobody knew what the hell this thing was going to be. Right. It turns out that it's, like, a mini show. 
so it turned out to only be like 70 minutes. Wow, that is pretty short, man. But they did end up uh, announcing a new movie for the franchise, which is fucking huge. And another massive concert series. So Chelsea and I will be going to Tokyo in June of next year. Okay. So then part of my game plan when I was in Japan was to go down to see this uh, museum in uh, Os- near Osaka. So that's why I got this rail pass, because it allows me to go on the bullet trains up and down Japan. Right. As well as free... Uh, for use of JR anywhere in Japan. So I get on the train. I look at the website. says, oh, yeah, it'll be open. I get to the museum. So Osaka to Tokyo to Osaka is about three hours. And this museum's another hour outside of, to- sorry, outside of Osaka. It's not fucking open. Oh, man. Dude, you and, traveled all the way out there and it's not even open? Yeah, so I talked to this old... There's this old woman like sees me like looking at it. And she's like, oh yeah, it's closed on Wednesdays. Didn't you check the website? Okay, I just want to point out what museum is closed on a Wednesday? Well, it turns out that you have... You can't be open. I think there's like a... My buddy was telling me later that... Uh, there's laws that, depending on the size of your outfit, you can't be open seven days a week. Right. So they picked when. So this museum picked Wednesday because that's when they thought that the least tourists would be coming through, which kind of makes sense. So then I'm like, well, fuck, what do I do? So I end up just, I'm like, fuck it, I'm gonna go to Kyoto and then come back tomorrow. Yeah. So. I go back to Osaka, and uh, my my buddy uh, suggests a uh, capsule hotel there. Do you want to guess how long it took me to cross the road? Sorry, just cross the street. So, I'm here. My hotel's on the other side of the street. Okay. It's how long it takes me to cro- cross the street. Is it over, under, 20 minutes? 20's pretty close, actually. Okay. To cross one street. Is it over or lower? lower so it took me about 15 minutes to cross the fucking street just from all the traffic no i couldn't find a crosswalk so i leave the main station and i'm like i see the hotel and yeah so i see where i want to go and i like i go to the lights i'm like wait there's no crosswalk so I go back into the station and try to look like for... So I look around for like an underground crossing or a way to go back into the station or anything like that. Well, no. So it turns out what I thought was an art installation was actually a staircase to the third floor of the train station. So I had to go up that and go back down. And that crossed three streets. Hmm. That's weird. And like this was all like as my phone was dying... So I had to just figure this out on my own. Right. It turns out there was also an underground system that connects a bunch of shit in uh, Osaka. Is it kind of like in Calgary and some of these bigger Canadian cities with the yeah. overpasses? Yeah, it's like the plus 15 in Calgary. Except it had the most... So, you know, you would expect to have a name like Path or something like that. Guess what this fuck they called it? What? They called it the Whitey. racist if i may say so myself but like of course i'm not gonna find something like that (laughs) like 
like, why would you call it the whitey? I don't know. I did follow you, all your posts on Facebook and Twitter throughout your whole trip, and it seemed like it was just one of these trips, and I'm like, I gotta ask Tim about some of these things. And that was one of them. Was try, you, picture of you trying to cross the street in Japan. Yeah, because I had, like, a tweet on there. It's like, hey, gamers, I heard you... I heard you could do through the fire of the flames on expert, but have you tried crossing the street? No Sokka. Yeah, that was the one tweet I saw. I was like, I gotta ask Tim about this now. Like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. So overall, <sighs> your trip in Tokyo was a good time. Oh yeah, it was. It was awesome. Awesome. So let's get back to our summer update now. A couple of days after, go back to your the Anime Expo in LA. A couple of days later, I came up to Calgary for the Calgary Stampede weekend. Mm-hmm. That was a fun time. And I can't, I seriously, I can't thank you and, Te, or you and Chelsea enough for your hospitality, for having me up. That was really cool of you. And we got to talk about a few things that happened. So obviously we recorded all of our off-season episodes. Yep. That was great. We got to do a lot of the touristy things. We got to go up the Calgary Tower, which I don't know if you, Chelsea, agree, but would you agree with my statement that it was kind of underwhelming up there? Yeah. It's a nice view of Calgary. Yeah. Except that some of the buildings are starting to eclipse the tower. Yeah, because remember we, and I guess because neither, the three of us hadn't been up there ever. So we all yeah. went up there thinking, oh, this is going to be great. And it's going to be all kinds of cool things. It was like, what, a view of Calgary, a tiny little room with a theater and a restaurant that wasn't open. Yeah. It was, yeah, I, I had no idea what to <laughs> expect going in, honestly. Yeah, and, like, the movie was interesting enough, but, mm -hmm. like, the first movie, the second movie was just, like, tourism, Alberta is cool. But, I don't know. It was a cool view, but, yeah, it was about it. Yeah. Uh, like, especially compared to, like, the CN Tower or Tokyo Skytree, it was kind of lame. Mm -hmm. And I also uh, can't forget, Tim, because I am a wrestling fan, I finally got to see the Hart House in Calgary. Oh, that was funny. That was... You know what's funny about that, Tim, is because you and Chelsea had never been up there in that part, neck of the woods, correct? Yep. Yeah, so we, you guys rented, like, a rent-a-car, whatever it was that you guys got. We drove out there, and I'm looking around, and we're driving through this na the neighborhood, and we're like, are you sure this is where the house is? Like, this is a really nice neighborhood. It looks like it's been really well-developed, and what the heck? hell and then we like turned into the street and we saw we stopped at this one house and i just sort of looked at it like yeah i don't this isn't the house like and you we you and i were looking at your phone like yeah this is definitely not the house like okay what's going on here so we turned around and chelsea was just popped along and i see out the window up on the hill the hard house is right there i was like chelsea stop look it's right there well let's talk about that fucking house we stopped at because it looked like like a gated cedars community pretty much we got there we we're just looking at each other like this is where wrestlers have happened yeah where uh, we put uncle jones's hip back in yeah because remember like we went around like we went to the stop sign we turned right and we went up behind the house so that was kind of cool and they had like the chain link not chain link but they had like the chains around it like don't no trespassing all that stuff so that was really, really cool, and, you know, I, again, I can't thank you guys enough for doing that. I thought that was really cool, yeah. Mm -hmm. Even looking up at the house, like, because, again, you look around at that neighborhood, it's like, you know, one of these things is not like the other. 
Yeah, no kidding. But no, that was cool. And then on our way back, we learned of the sad news of the passing of Ray Emery. Mm-hmm. Now, I can't recall what off-season episode we did. I think it might have been our worst video games episode. We did the tribute to him. It that was a bit was... later than that. No, no, because, well, we did it. Oh, you tagged it to video games, yeah. Yeah, I tagged it that for that episode. And I remember, like, between us finding out the news of Emery passing and us doing that was, what, 10 minutes, maybe? Yeah, because we were just coming back from the Hart House. Yeah, and because Chelsea had just stopped, and I just went, holy shit, and you're just like, what? Fucking Ray Emery just died. Yeah, and it was like, really? Holy shit. Yeah. And it really was just a holy shit moment. I know. I mean, I, I was, it was tough for me to even come up with words to do something for that, right? Because I was like, well, like, what do I say? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Overall, the Calgary Stampede weekend was great. We got to try a lot of overpriced carnival food. I Yo, drank those a... mini donuts were hype, though. Oh, God, those good donuts were good. We got to try the beer, which we talked about in our shooting the Shit episode. The thing yeah. is about the Calgary Stampede weekend, some of this, I don't want to rehash because some of the stuff we already talked about in that shooting the, ep- shooting the Shit episode. Mm-hmm. So if you want to know more about the first day or two of that trip, go back and listen to that. This is the stuff that we didn't really mention during that weekend. Oh, yeah, because we wouldn't have gone to the the grandstand show. Yeah, because remember, it was really windy that day, and Chelsea's like, I bet you anything they're going to cancel that thing tonight. Yeah, and, well, to their credit, they didn't. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, meh. Yeah. I guess we could talk a little bit about the highlights of that. I think the highlight for me was just you, like, there was, a, there was like, a crappy escape artist. And yeah. it was just you and I looking at each other going, bye, freak, the whole time. Because <laughs> you and I were watching that, and we're just like, okay, look, we know he's going to get out of this, but part of me really doesn't want him to get out of this. Yeah. Well, remember his first escape where it was supposed to be mysterious? You just see him walk out the back of the fucker. Yeah, I think it it, it must have been... It, I guess the illusion wasn't really lost in everybody if you're in the front couple of rows. But when you're up in the high... Or the upper decks, you definitely saw that. We're just looking at you like, no, oh, yeah, he walked behind it right there. Because honestly, those seats are are good for the chuck wagon race, but mm-hmm. yeah, chuck wagon race was fun. I like that. Mm-hmm. Apparently, people gamble on that. Yeah, I could see that. I guess they can gamble on anything, though, Tim. Yeah. Uh, two other highlights I have to mention. Uh well, okay, the orange cowboy hat. That's just amazing. All the in and itself. Yeah. Well, we we're badgering you all weekend to get a get get a goddamn hat. You were you were just like, come on, Tay, come on, Tay, get a cowboy hat. And I'm like, nah, you know, no cowboy things isn't my thing, right? So I was like, nah, you know, no, no, that's fine. Until I saw the guy with the Alexander Keith cowboy hat, and I'm like, okay, I would want that. Yeah. But then we saw the orange cowboy hat, and I started laughing. I was like, that is hilarious and awesome at the same time and i was like all i was missing was the the air horn and then we walked around and you and chelsea was like okay you know what you gotta buy that tape because you just know tomorrow when you leave you're gonna regret not buying that i'm like fuck you guys are right hate 
peer pressure, guys. <sighs> and then we went and wa- watched the Whacking Day episode. Yeah. Yes, we did. It was awesome. <laughs> oh, then we had the ridiculous pickle corn dog. Oh, God, that thing was so good. That thing was heavy, too. It had some weight to it. Like, picking it up, like, the freaking batter just fell off. It was just like, huh. And then the stick was just like... <laughs> yeah, it was kind of disappointing. But, all in all, it was a good trip. Let's get back to our updates. Now, this past summer, we got to do two interviews. Our first interview, we got to do with Nick Fleehart of Beer League Talk. I was happy how that interview turned out, except for one thing. What did you do? The audio crapped out on me. Oh, right. And thank God Nick was recording on his end, because we would have been fucked if he was not recording. Oh, right. Yeah, GarageBand just died. Yeah, and I later found out it's because I had so much stuff on my laptop that it... um, it wouldn't load, or whatever. I can't remember what it was, but it got too slow to the point where it just stopped. Weird. Yeah. So that was all right. Um, I would like to get him back on the show again. I think he was a good guest. Uh, what else did we do? Oh, yes. Like we said off the top of the show, we also did the interview with Neil and Dave from Maple Syrup Shots. That was a long-awaited interview for me to do. I don't want to toot my own horn. I think that was probably the best interview we've done. I don't know. I I really like the Trevor Shackles one. I like, you know what? I like the fact that we got Shackles on the show, but listening back, I don't like how I'm talking. I sound so stiff and rigid in that. I sound like I'm trying to read something off a screen. Mm. Whereas when we did it with Nick, when we did it with Adam, when we did it with Neil and Dave, it was just like, okay, I had the questions. I would just start, start talking and I would look at the screen going, Okay, that'll talk about, that'll talk about, that'll talk about. Boom, go. Mm-hmm. So it definitely felt more natural. Yeah, and that's why I was really happy with the or the interview with Neil and Dave. So that was awesome. And also, I got to thank everybody who I reached out to for sending in questions for Rapid Fire. That was great. Those guys really appreciated it. And, yeah, we can't wait to have more people to interview on the show, Tim. Mm-hmm. Actually, speaking about Adam, uh, I'm sad I had to bail on uh, going on uh, Three Ghosts No Fork Ghosts because of to- <laughs> because of ridiculous Tokyo. Oh uh, well, don't feel so bad, Tim, because Adam and I talked for probably 20 minutes on our thing. It turned out it didn't record. <laughs> Adam was so pissed. He was just like, "Ah, oh, for fuck's sake, it didn't fucking record." So I was in talks with him, and hopefully I can help him out with that because he's doing a NHL preseason episode pretty soon. I know I think he did reach out to Nick to do the Calgary Flames, and we're the Ottawa representative, so hopefully we can do that shortly. Now, uh, another thing we got to talk about, we finally had an episode that hit 100 listens, Tim. Actually, we have two of them that hit 100 now this summer. Yeah. And we I the, don't even understand why the first one was the first one to go. I don't know. Yeah, like the 2019 Hockey Hall of Fame wish list episode, that hit 100 listens, and you and I were uh, stat watching it like, holy fuck, it's at 90. Oh my god, it's at 93. Tim, it's at 98. And then I messaged well, you, I mean, Tim, god. we hit it. We hit 100. I mean, 
it got to like 60 within a day. And yeah, I was we got like, like 34, 35 listens in a few hours. I'm like, w- was that a glitch? But what, I don't get happened? it. I don't, I don't think that's one of our best either. It's just... No. Actually, like the other two that have done it is the two Sense What If episodes. And I think those were better episodes in general. Yeah, they turned out better than I thought just because the one thing I regret on those episodes is that I didn't show you all the notes and everything I had on which was going with which. So the preparation on your part wasn't as good, but I felt you did a decent enough job given the circumstances. Mm-hmm. So it was good. Well, I tend to be an improviser anyway, mm-hmm. so. Yep. And I don't think it was a celebratory thing to hit up 100 listens, but you and Chelsea returned to Vancouver Island. Yeah, we were there to cats it. So I was actually working for most of the time I was there. Yeah, and when I heard that you and Chelsea were back on the island, I knew that you guys have friends in Victoria, and I knew you were probably only here for a handful of days, so I... I didn't feel like reaching out just so I'm like, okay, look, I'm working. So I had that going and I knew you guys had your own thing going. So I was like, all right, look, if Tim reaches out to me, great, I'll do it. But I'm not going to reach out just because I know he and Chelsea are busy. And then you reached out like, hey, we're in town. Do you want to grab a drink? And I was like, yes, yes, I do. Selly beers. Selly beers. That picture. Thank you to Chelsea for taking that, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good night. It was actually my second time to the Yates Tap House. Yeah, it's one of my favorite spots in Victoria. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's better than Brown Social House or Darcy's that I recommended. Eh. Yeah, the only reason I recommended it is because it was in Langford. I know that's where you guys were staying. Yeah, but why would I limit myself to Langford? That's true. And the last thing to do about the summer update, and... This doesn't really have anything to do with the Sens, but this player did used to play for the Auto Centers. You got a chance to read the Robin Letter article with the Athletic, correct? That was rough. Well, the thing is, when I was reading that, the only thing I was thinking was everything makes a lot of sense now. When you look at all the craziness that went on with him in Ottawa, you look at that and you go, that makes sense now. Yeah. Well, what's amazing is that like, he was able to just say, this is where it stops. Yeah. And I know that yeah. if we had been doing the regular episodes, this would have been top of top of the hour. Because, mm-hmm. again, this is another article based on a player and his battles with mental health. You know, and we did it with Kevin Stevens. We did it with Matt Johnson. We did it with a few other players last season. And if this was during the season, this would have been right at the top for us to do. Mm-hmm. Well, what's ridiculous is that wasn't even the biggest news story that day. Which was? That came out the day Carlson got traded. Did it really? Yeah. I thought, no, I thought it came out before that. I thought it was same day or like day before. Because I was in Ottawa. What? No, same day. It came up, that article came out in the morning. Right. And then Carlson got traded in the afternoon. Yeah, or morning, if you live out here. Yeah. Oh, fuck. That Brian 5 or 6 video, though, that would have been me if I didn't work that day. Hey, you need your TV. We don't need it anymore! We're not watching hockey ever again! 
<laughs> I'm running away from home. It doesn't even matter anymore. There are Carlson's on his way to San Jose. Honey, where are your pants? Honey. Oh, that was great stuff. Well, Tim, that wraps up the summer updates. Now, it's time to go into our Sen storylines. Now, I know last season we did these same sort of episode, and we played a clip right before it, and we're going to use it again, Tim. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Okay, Tim, let's start talking about some Ottawa Senators storylines for the 2018-2019 NHL season. Now, the big story, obviously, was that our Lord and Savior, Eric Carlson, got traded. We are not going to talk about it here because we already did a separate episode on that matter. So go back and listen to that if you want to know our thoughts on it. It's fucking bullshit! Anyway, let's talk about some contract years because this is going to be the big story for this year. There are three big sends who are UFAs in the series. Mark Stone, Matt Duchesne, and Ryan Dezingle. So let's quickly go through these. Mark Stone... Uh, he wants $9 million. The team offered him $5 mil, and he got a one-year $7.3 million contract in arbitration. Yeah, so here's the wrap, though. They're going to have to pay someone to get to the cap floor. Yep. So if anyone's going to get the big contract, it'll probably be, one, it'll probably be Mark Stone. Because Mark Stone's been kind of saying everything right about staying in Ottawa. Um, especially with some of the things we'll talk about later. And uh, when that that weird article came out in TVA. Yeah, that was About weird. Stone saying he didn't want to come back. And Stone's like, I don't even know who this Louis Jean guy is. Yeah, that's the ultimate. Just like, yeah, I don't know what the hell that person's talking about. Yeah, that was, yeah. So I think Stone probably comes back. They pay him what he wants because they have to get to the cap floor. Yeah, but that's a thing though. Is that it seems like with Carlson gone, guys like Stone, guys like Duchesne, have just been like, you know, even if they're not going to say to the media, it's more of a, okay, we're pretty much gone. Melnick, if they're not going to pay Eric Carlson, who is a once a generation talent. We're definitely not going to get paid here. Mm-hmm. And then there's other stuff that's been kicking the beehive, too, that we'll be talking about a bit later. Yeah. So now that we talked about Mark Stone, uh, let's quickly go on to Matt Duchesne and Ryan Dezingle. Now, Matt Duchesne, last year, we were really excited that he came to Ottawa, and the fans really got on him right at the beginning because he wasn't producing. Kyle Turris was producing in Nashville, but once... Turris sort of slowed his production. That's when Matt Duchesne hit a stride with Mike Hoffman. And he finally picked up the points. And I don't have the official number for him. I think he had like 20-something points in 20-something games right at the end of the year. Yeah, the closer out. Yeah, and, and so, I don't know. I mean, I would like to see Matt Duchesne stay here because at center, we don't really have anybody who's ready to step in for a first-line center yet. For sure, like, Chris Tierney's doing his best, but he's not first-line center. No, and we can't even put Jean-Gabriel Pajot because he tore his Achilles. 
On the same day Carlson got traded, by the way. That was a bad day, man. Ugh. It's awful. But, uh... Dezingle like, fomented Duchesne has been crazy fun to watch. I've been hearing a lot. Now, granted, I haven't got a chance to watch all of the preseason games, but what I've been reading on social media, that's been a really fun line to watch. And same with Christian Lannan and Dylan DeMilo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was another one that people were raving about. Unfortunately, Lannan is back in the A, but... We'll talk about that. Yep. So, like, I want Duchesne to come back, but uh, I think there has to be some fence mending. Yep. Big time. Because Matt Duchesne is not a happy capper right now. Nope. Because I, I read this quote there last week where the Ottawa Senators tried to send Zach Smith down to the minors, and he came back up, and Matt Duchesne said, this is like a kick in the nuts. Yeah, because they waved him, and then... That whole situation's weird, man, because it doesn't seem like they ever actually had the intention to send him down to the A. They just wanted to waive him, and I guess they just wanted to see if someone would take him for free. Mm-hmm. And then nobody took him for free. And then, like, they tried to play it off as some, like, performance thing. Yeah, which you and I talked about it in our messenger. We said, for what he's getting paid versus the production, I'm not surprised the Sens tried to move him. But this is not the way they shouldn't have done it. No, and, like, that that's just a way to, like, further fracture what little trust was left in the organization. Although I've heard the counterpoint that if you're trying to just be the bad guy to get that room to gel a bit, that was one hell of a way to rattle the cage. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm not a fan of that sort of negative reinforcement. No. Now that we talked about Matt Duchesne, um, what do you thinks or what are your thoughts on Ryan Dezingle for this year? Because he's going to be a sleeper if he hits free agency this summer. Because nobody really knows about him. We've got a chance to watch him the last two seasons, and he's really impressed. Um, I don't know. It's hard because like there, I think NHL pro scouting's got like across the NHL, not Ottawa has gotten a lot better. Mm-hmm. So I think he gets, he probably pay, he probably takes a value contract. Right. But it's not going to be as big of a discount as you might think. Just because like teams are watching each other a lot closely. Stats are being reported better. There's better ways to visualize better and airfare is cheaper than ever. Right. And NHL staff, staffs are like staff teams are generally getting bigger. So, Teams are better able to figure out who's worth what. And mm-hmm. the salary cap's going up. Yeah, but you also got to factor in that the CBA talks are going to be hopping after... True. Is it this season or next season they're going to be starting up? Yeah. I'm not sure which side of 2020 it a potential lockout could occur. Okay. So I'll have to look that up into that and get back to you. Okay. Let's move on to our next thing. And this is one that... You and I have been talking about for a while now, a culture change with the Ottawa Senators. And for me, a lot of people would say it was the trade of Mike Hoffman out of town. It was some of the moves that they made within the organization. For me, the real culture change, and I know everybody, including ourselves on social media, from the Sense bloggers, Sense podcasters, Sense fans, 
they were pissed that the Sens passed on Philip Sedina for Brady to Chuck. Now, Libby argue my case here, and Brian Fiber 6 made a great point on his podcast. He said that Brady to Chuck could be the agitator that Ottawa doesn't have. You know, you look at, especially teams in our division, like Brad Marchand, Brandon Gallagher, Nazem Kadri. These are guys who are agitators, and these are guys who help their team out. And Ottawa doesn't have that kind of guy, and especially after the comments Philip Sedina made after he was drafted, saying that he'll light up Montreal and Ottawa for passing on him, I feel this is why Pierre Dorian went for Brady Dechuk over Zadina because Dechuk has this team-first mentality. He's not a me-me kind of guy like Sedina. And we have to point out, Brady Dechuk made the team, and Sedina is in Grand Rapids. So, there you go. Mm-hmm. Although... If I was uh, the brain trust in Detroit, I'd get him away from that tire fire, too. I don't know. It's like watching Brady Kachuk play, especially throughout the preseason, he's definitely growing on me. Like, Brady Kachuk is a very good player. Mm-hmm. I just think Philip Zedina probably has the higher ceiling. And this is what this is where it really gets hard, because this team fucking sucks. It does. We will be the first people to admit to that. But you know what? Brady to Chuck, the fact that he is one of these players that when we did the draft article for Beer League Talk, nobody picked Brady to Chuck in the first round. Not even us. Well, it's, I think it's funny because like most people thought that either the Habs or Sens would take him, so they didn't take him. And we're like, I don't think we're taking him. So we're doing goofy shit. Yeah, and I think uh, even in the back of our minds... I don't know about you, but especially for myself, I thought, I bet you anything, they pass on Sedin and go for Chuck. Well, I remember when Montreal made the goof of the century and picked and took Kotakameni. Yeah, that one lady, she was just like, what? Like, that's all you can really say is like, the fuck? Yeah. Why don't you just put Brady Kachuk at center? That's what you guys seem to do anyway. Yeah, obviously he's not going to work out, but you could put him at center anyway. Poor Drew, eh? But, uh, no, this Ottawa team, I think it's going to be rough. And, like, the, we really get into the question is, was taking Brady Kachuk the right move when Jack Hughes was on the table? See, that's a tough and, question to answer because we don't know. We don't know how we're going to do this season. And the lottery look odds at our, are so bad. Exactly. And you look at our roster, yes, we're going to have a bad year. Yes, it's going to be a long season, but there's no guarantee we're going to get the first pick. And that's why I want Ottawa to have a winning record just so we can dilute that pick. Yeah. Well, the big thing is, like, there are teams that might actually be worse than Ottawa. Like, if Montre- if Price gets hurt, Montreal is worse. Detroit might actually be worse like, it's, there are some grisly bad teams out there, but the Islanders just are a gong show since they lost Tavares. Yep. So it's like, there are some bad, bad teams. Yeah, we can't even point at the Coyotes anymore. Like, they're a bad team, but they're looking I, much better. I think the Coyotes will act, they, like, if, if they can stay healthy... I think they have a decent shot at the playoffs this year. It's well, Jim, just that's now on the record, buddy. Well, 
they're in a tough division. Like that's that's the long and short of it. Mm-hmm. But look, if you look at like the team they've assembled, it's not a they're not a cup contender. But playoffs aren't out of the question. It's it's tough for me to say because again, I don't follow the Coyotes that closely. And you look at some of the pieces they've got there. They've got some nice pieces there. You know, they picked up Antti Rotna. They have Oliver Ekman Larson. They have some really young guys who are good. But I don't know, even I would say they're a bubble team. I'd say they would get a much closer to the playoffs. Maybe even closer to the bubble, but I wouldn't see them as a playoff team. I think it's just a question of health. Okay. Because when Antiranta was healthy last year, he was he continued where he left off after that phenomenal year in New York. So Antiranta is the real deal. Okay. And then you've got a decor of Oliver Ekman, Larson, uh, Jarmelson, and uh, Goligoski. Mm-hmm. Like you've got solid, a very good decor. Oh, and Justin Demers, you've got a very good decor. Great young forwards. And assault and a, a true starter. Yeah, but the only question now is their offense. It's so unproven. Yeah, I'll, I do like Derek Stepan. It, it is just like Schuster and Dylan Strome. Those, if they step up, they're great. If they don't, oh well. Mm-hmm. So let's continue with our Sens culture change now. The one big story that came out, and it wasn't even that big of a story. It was just a story that a fan mentioned that they were in the Tim Hortons drive-thru and they ran into Matt Duchesne. And Duchesne was a cool guy about it. Yeah. Only problem, though. Lift kid a truck. You're in Ottawa. You're not in Alberta, Matt. Come on. I don't know. You can go pretty deep in... Like, Western Quebec is pretty hilly terrain. Okay, we're moving on. Uh, The Craig (laughs) Anderson trade saga. Like, this was... This was a big... Fuck up by the Ottawa Senators right here. And it and just because he didn't want the drama in the locker room, and I don't blame him. The fans don't want it in the locker room. That's why Mike Hoffman's not here right now. Yeah, that was just... That whole scenario was bizarre. And But at the same time, yeah. Like, even if they wanted to trade Andy, they probably couldn't. He's a 37-year-old goalie who's coming off one of the worst seasons of his career. And, like, yes, I know the Anderson rule is a thing. Mm-hmm. But he's on a rough... He's just starting a two-year contract. That's a rough place to be. No, I thought uh, the start of his two-year contract was last season. Or did uh, it come into effect this year? I think he signed it last season. He came into effect this season. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, in, you know, you could even argue that if a team is looking for a really solid backup, Craig Anderson would be perfect, right? But the thing is, you look at how much money he's making, and the two-year deal, I have to say it, it's not a big commitment for a team looking for a solid backup. Also modified NTC. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just such a... It's such a weird contract for a guy who's just about to retire. Mm-hmm. And can I just bring up one thing? And I know a lot of people on Sense Twitter are really loving it. I don't mm-hmm. like his new pads. They're designed by his kid. I know, but... I'm sorry, I don't like the black and red. I mean... 
I think it's I like that he let his kid design his pads. Yeah, that's cool, but again, I don't know. I don't like the color scheme. Well, I feel bad for Bonk's mullet because he's just like, these things look awful. And then uh, Nicole Anderson's like, yo, our son made that. Oh, shit. Yeah, well, thank God Nicole Anderson's never going to listen to this, Tim. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into some sad stuff. And, of course, we have to talk about Eugene Melnick. Oh, baby. You know what? Oh, baby. Usually, I would play the Vince McMahon theme, but fuck it. I'm not playing it for him right now. Oh, we're going right into the deep shit here. Uh, Oh, God. Let's start with the Ottawa Rising video. (laughs) By the way, I think the one great thing that came out of this video was the Sens call-ups made fun of it. On the last episode, they got one of their buddies to do a funny intro to that episode. Uh-huh. Where he's Eugene Melnick. And you gotta listen to it. I thought it was funny. Well, what's magic is, like, everyone's like, Borrow, blink, blink twice if you need someone to help you. This this whole thing is so fucking two-bit. Especially, like, it, everyone thought it was bad in the moment, but add the retrospective, they're... They basically, like, Carlson's guaranteed out the door when they made this fucker. Yep. Because, like, the letter was fine. The video was egregious. Yeah, I didn't even bother reading the letter. Because it, it should have just read, blah, blah, blah. I don't like the fans. Blah, blah, blah. I'll move the team. Blah, blah, blah. Fuck Alfie. Fuck Carlson. Fuck all the fans! Love Eugene Melnick. See, that's what the letter should have been just been. Yeah. But, like, the video was just something fucking else. Like, like Bor- you could tell, like, Borrow was... Borrow managed to sneak in some actual questions, like, can we get some Can we get some resources here? And Eugene Melnick basically used that as an opportunity to say, yo, we're training Carlson, lol. It's terrible, man. And then, like, everyone thought, like, he was insane at first when he said that there'd be 15 fresh faces next year. And, like, ten rookies this year. Yeah, I I heard that, and I was just like, oh, God. He's gonna do it. They're actually close. Oh, this is gonna be a long year. Yep. But, did you, were you even able to sit through the video? I didn't bother. I watched snippets of it, and went, eh, okay, I got the gist of it. Click. Yeah. Well, the worst thing is the leak. Everyone saw that video. And Otto was rightfully laughed at. Yep. Yeah, and here we thought this, the worst thing could happen to our franchise was Eric Carlson being traded. Nope, we've got the Cleveland Browns owner here. Yeah. Let's talk about the Carlson trade. Not so much the Carlson trade itself, but the... The shifting story within the organization, because it went from he didn't want to be here to he wouldn't sign a contract. There were so many shifting stories at the organization. We're trying to tell the fans to make it seem like Carlson didn't want to be here, even though if you watched his press conference, he said he was Ottawa's our forever home. And I will yeah, point like- out, I am glad that Eric Carlson didn't cry because I don't think I could have handled it, Tim. Well, it's it's ridiculous how often this story is shifted because, uh, like, it was even shifting day of. Mm Mm-hmm. 
like I don't even know. And like every day it was like a completely different story. Yeah. Like it was like a, a different detail here. Maybe people would have bought it, but no. It was just wholesale different each time. Holy shit. Yeah. And I mean, thank God that Ian Mendes tried to console the fans the day that Eric Cross was traded because he said on the Suns call-ups, from the minute that trade was announced till 2 in the morning, fans were calling into the radio station. Yeah. And Ian even tweeted out, he says, Ottawa fans, you deserve better than this. Oh, it's true. I was like... Uh, thank you, Ian. Well, it's like, it's gone to the point where no one's willing to carry the team's water anymore. Nope. Like, all the media bridges have been burned. Like, even Sean Simpson's going to town. Yeah, well, did you hear that Sean Simpson was actually interviewed for the assistant GM job? Yeah, that was kind of weird. Yeah. But apparently, like, that's not outside of his area of expertise. Really? Yeah, he's had some front office positions in the past. Okay, kind of like Ian Mendez. I think Ian Mendez, if I'm not mistaken, worked in HR for the Ottawa Senators in the 90s. Uh, I I don't know if that's true or not. But if it, that is, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I just want to say, if we ever get Ian Mendez on, we have to ask him about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be awesome. Just saying, Ian. Wink, <laughs> wink. No, Boro, we know Boro needs help. Yep. And in response to all of this, Tim, the fans have decided on a day one boycott. Let's, I hope that happens. I hope so too. And you know what? You and I have already made the decision. We are not going to watch the Sens live this year. Mm -hmm. I bought my tickets for Vancouver February, uh, I think it's the 11th, if I'm not mistaken, to watch him live. And I'm going to have my Brian Fever 6 shirt, possibly a shark snapback hat, and a couple of signs. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to wear my... Uh, yeah, I'll probably go to a... Yeah, I'll probably go to a Sharks game, uh, wrap the Ottawa jersey, and see where I can... See how close I can get with a sign. Yeah, because... I mean, people bring signs into the arena. As long as it's not disparaging against Eugene Melnick, it should be fine. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just so... It's... R- it's rough that we've gotten to the... We've gotten to this point. Yeah. And even if you were to look at my Twitter profile, it says, Brokenhearted Shark- Sense Fan slash Bandwagon Sharks Fan. Bandwagon, yeah. I don't know, it's like... I want to love this team, but... Ah... Uh... We're playing chicken. We're and I've seen the sentiment around, and I think it's correct. We're playing chicken with the most stubborn man on earth. Yep. This is going to be going on for a while. Oh, it's going to suck. I mean, Eugene has been one of these guys. He's been so stubborn that he's even gotten rid of the O, the very popular O logo. Yeah. Is this just kicking Anselmi in the nuts again, or maybe? I mean, between this and the LeBreton Flats uncertainty, I don't even know what to say anymore. Uh, it's it's a bit of a mess. Uh, yeah. Do you want to talk about happy stuff? Yeah, let's talk about uh, Young Guns because 
This is going to be the first full season of Hot Bot Show himself, Thomas Shabbat. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah, by the way, I just want to point out, I'm in a fantasy hockey league with my brother and a couple of his buddies. I ate so much crow because I drafted Shabbat in the mid mid to late rounds. And I said that Shabbat's going to be my sleeper this year. Honestly, he's going to get enough exposure that he's going to get points just by merit of being on the ice. He's Mm -hmm. that sort of player. Another player that I'm actually excited for is uh, Maxime Lejoie. Yeah, and he's a guy that nobody saw making this team out of training camp. And he's looked good. That's what I've heard. And like I said, I haven't got a chance to watch all the games, but he's been one of these guys that he's creeped along on social media with the fans to where it's gotten to a point where it's like, we're so happy he made this team. Mm-hmm. Well, what's funny is looking at the potential roster out of camp, if they hadn't traded Carlson, this wouldn't be a bad team. Nope. And that's what's so frustrating about this whole thing. Is there space for it to be good? Like, we've got these exciting young players. We've got... The only problem is, like, some of the depth. The depth isn't quite there, but they're working on it. Marion Gabrick. But it's just... Again, I don't see Gabrick on the big club. But... No. As we were saying earlier in the episode, right? They were saying, if somebody is needing to get paid on this team, they could put Gabrick on the fourth line. Mm-hmm. Just for the cap. Because between him and Cody Cece, that's, what, $9 million? Yeah. Well, the entire defense core is $9 million. It's really depressing, man. Well, what I'm... It's like... I don't know, it's just at some point you run out of words to just kind of describe where it's at but it's like but it's weird because there's like some of the depth decisions they could have made but didn't like they should have kept Nick Shore yeah that was one of the guys that you and I because you and I watched him a couple of games last season that he did play and we thought okay he's serviceable well he's excellent in that fourth line role Mm -hmm. he's great it's like Victor Stahlberg all over again I know it's weird that I kind of miss him. Yeah, like, like imagine like Stahlberg and Shore in, and uh, Dumont and Pyatt out last year. Yeah. That would have made a difference. Well, imagine if they had Stahlberg Shore with PRV. Yeah, that'd actually be pretty solid. Yeah, the three like, the three young guys for me, I was kind of surprised didn't make it. Philip Shalopik, Christian Willanen. And to a lesser extent, Logan Brown. Logan Brown, I'm not surprised he didn't make it. From yeah, what no. I saw, he was unremarkable in, in the preseason. Yeah, he had a rough camp. Yeah, whereas Shalopik and people were kind of praising him. They were thinking, wow, like this guy could make the starting lineup. And Willannon, I thought for sure he was going to make it because well, of how we played last season. From what I was reading, Willannon got edged out by Lejoie. Okay. But, and then they wanted to keep Ben Harper in the se- in the 7D role. Why? Ben, like, Ben Harper sucks, but you don't want your most promising pl- prospect in the 7D role. True. Because you're getting sporadic minutes at best. And then Schlopik, I think it was numbers game, he lost his spot to 
well, it was between him and Colin White. Yeah, and I think the team was more pumping on Colin White to make the team. Mm-hmm. Because the few games that I've seen him in, I watch him and I'm thinking, okay, something isn't there. And I don't know what it is. He's also young, though. I know, but for me, watching him, it's just like... I don't know if he should be on the big club, and maybe he needs another year in the minors. I mean, granted, he got injured last season. That's not yeah. his fault. So I can't fault him for that, but anytime I've watched him, it's just been... I don't know if he's even good enough to be on the big club at the moment. I think he still needs a year... Not mm-hmm. not two years, but definitely a year more in the minors. Well, and I think I... that's maybe that's where Logan Brown's going with, that they're going to put him in the minors... Unless they're going to send him back to juniors. Yeah. But I think well, it would think... be a better idea to send him to the minors and get him better yeah. adjusted for the pro game. Well, I think with Colin White, sheltered minutes might actually just be the best thing for him. Yeah, because you don't want another Curtis Lazar yeah. thing so on your like, end. Yeah, third, third second line deployment. Did you see that tweet? I can't remember who it was. It was one of the guys from TSN saying... Um, the Sens should bring back Curtis Lazar because he was put on waivers. And he somebody re- quote tweeted that saying, see, this is why you're not a GM, Steve. Damn. I was like, yeah, I read that. I was like, oh, fuck, please don't bring back Lazar. Well, it's just from what I've, like, he was somehow worse in Calgary than he was in Ottawa. It's, cause you, it's because you didn't send him a fruit basket. We talked about this, Tim. I just don't think the kid has the hockey IQ. That's really it. Like, the work ethic's there. The skill's good enough. Brain's not there. Yeah, and it kind of sucks, right? If you don't have the hockey IQ, those other two are irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he's just not a smart kid. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to our last two things we got to talk about. Now, we talked about Zach Smith being put on waivers. I put it in the storylines of Zach Smith possibly being traded to make room for a young center like... Like we were talking about Logan Brown or a Colin White, he's back with a big club now. So how much longer do you see him with the Sens? I don't know. It all depends on what's their willingness to either eat salary or take another contract back the other way. But you know, if keeping Duchesne around hinges on keeping Zach Smith, they might do it. Because imagine how like. If Duchesne walks, and we don't have, we don't even have our own first. Yep. Jeepers, like that's a no hope situation. Yeah, I don't see them moving Zach Smith just because of Jean Gabriel Pajot being injured, and they've moved him back to center. Mm-hmm. So they're adding a little more depth, putting him back at center. Now the last story, and we talked about him, and we kind of talked about this already. The possibility of Craig Anderson being traded if the team has another bad season to bring up a guy like other Mitch Hogberg or Ghost of Sin or one of these guys. So we already kind of talked about that, so let's sort of finish off on that. What do you think? What's your thought on that? It's going to happen. Well, I mean, they're, they're going to find a way to bring up one of those two guys either this season or next season. And because those guys look good. Like, they actually looked quite solid throughout training camp as well, mm-hmm. from the limited action that they got. Yeah, I've got nothing more to say on the matter, Tim. Yeah, so, like, I, I think it's going to happen. Yeah. It'll be sad to see him go because of the run he's had in Ottawa, but you know what? 
We knew the day was coming. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe he just retires. Maybe. But I think that team is still on the hook for his contract, isn't he, if he retires? Or is it void? It's a 35-plus contract, so they would be on the hook. But if they're not actually, if they're not actually looking to pay a bunch of money, <laughs> yeah, they could just fill the contract hole, count it against the camp. Yeah, I could see that happening. Yeah, actually, I still think my favorite thing that I saw during the Cole Carlson trade uh, Twitter fondango was uh, someone tweeted, "NHL fans, how long do lockouts usually go for?" Ottawa Senators fans, can a lockout go for longer than one season? <laughs> I like that. Really I think I did see that. We are. Yeah. Well, Tim, we better close out this episode because it's getting really depressing and we've got a long season ahead of us. So yep. I guess it's time to ride off into the sunset for another night, bud. Yep. Okay. First of all, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Third Line Plug Sensecast. I hope you enjoyed it because, believe me, Tim and I loved recording them for you. You can find us on iTunes. Please listen, rate, and subscribe. We are on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash thirdlineplugsensecast. And because our bod Dave made the mention, we are on Google Play Music. You can find us on Twitter, at thirdlineplug is our Twitter handle. Tim is at m901honeybadger, and I'm at greatwhitegipster, g-r-8-w-i-t-e, gipster. If you want to shoot us an email to talk about this episode that we have painstakingly recorded to you this evening, shoot us an email, thirdlineplugsensecast at gmail. I flew nine hours for you guys. Yeah. And he got no sleep. Because we're grinding it out, baby. Oh, yeah. So, Tim, I guess the only other thing we got to close out in is I hope everybody's going to enjoy the second season. Because this is going to be the last episode for maybe a year we're going to be using the third Life Plug Says cast header. Oh, yeah, I. But I think people are gonna like what we're coming up coming up with. So yep, stay tuned. Yeah, and all I'm gonna say, Eugene, because you traded Carlson, you declared war, or as I like to call it, third line plug is war. Damn. Until next time, guys. I am your host Taylor Gibson, and this has been Tim Jensey. Mel Nickel. Nice. me, Minasan. So long, my time here is up. They're going home!